Hey, hey, Prime members, talking to you. You can listen to CBS Mornings on the go ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the app today. June's Journey is a fascinating hidden object mystery gaming app where you'll play as June Parker, tasked with a daunting obligation, solve your sister's murder. Set in the 1920s, the era of glitz and glam, this family mystery is one for the ages. Everyone's a suspect until your investigation determines otherwise. The clues are all around you, hidden within tricky twists and turns. You'll collect detailed information about each character in your photo album where you'll comb over every detail. You can even join a detective's club to chat and play with others or against them in the detective's league. With hundreds of puzzles to solve, you should probably get started today. Discover your inner detective when you download June's Journey for free today on iOS and Android. I'm Gail King. I'm Anthony Mason. And I'm Tony DeCopel. And this is a CBS This Morning podcast. I'm Chris Van Cleve, CBS News transportation correspondent. Airlines are looking at the future of flying as they struggle to stay afloat. Southwest has never furloughed employees or declared bankruptcy but says right now about 80% of its seats are empty. I spoke with Southwest CEO Gary Kelly about the changes they're making and the efforts to keep Southwest flying high. Here's our conversation. The first question that so many people are wondering right now is, is it even safe to fly? Well, Chris, it's great to be with you as always. And, um, well, first of all, uh, let me just say that the, the health of our people and, and the safety of the airline is our always uh, our number one priority, and it's certainly so uh, uh, now. The second priority, which I'd love to talk to you about, is cash. Uh, but just um, on the safety, uh, yes, uh, it, it is safe to fly. Uh, we're following all the CDC guidelines. We're taking a multi-layered approach to this. We're urging the TSA from the very first time that you set foot in the airport uh, to begin temperature scans uh, as part of the uh, screening process at the checkpoints. Uh, we're encouraging, uh, of course, customers and employees don't come if you're ill. Uh, once you get there, we're encouraging customers to download their boarding passes to allow for a contact-free uh, airport experience. We're putting up plexiglass shields at all the customer uh, touch points. Airports are being deep cleaned every night and and during the day a couple of times. And then uh, there'll be physical distancing to board airplanes. Uh, And then once you get on the airplane, we're requiring masks not only of our employees, but also of our customers. If they don't have a mask, we'll provide them one. It's a surgical three-ply mask. It's got a vapor barrier in it. Uh, And then we won't book the airplane full so that it will allow for physical distancing uh, as well on the airplane. The airplanes are deep cleaned uh, nightly. Uh, They're cleaned between uh, every flight. Uh, And then once a month, we're uh, spraying the uh, aircraft interior down with an electrostatic uh, mister uh, that has an antimicrobial uh, disinfectant in it. And it will kill the virus for up to uh, 30 days on on surfaces. So uh, it's a multi-layered approach. And um, yes, it is safe to, to get on an airplane. It's interesting, Gary. That's the first time I've heard you call for the TSA to do temperature checks. Should it be the TSA? Should We've seen some carriers uh, internationally do the temperature checks themselves at the gate before boarding. Uh, Emirates is looking at, Emirates is doing COVID tests, for example, before people fly. Um, should it be at the checkpoint where temperatures are checked? 
Well, we're, you just look at what companies are doing. We're doing temperature checks uh, of our own employees. So uh, it's, a, it's a straightforward, simple procedure. Uh, it's obviously not foolproof, but uh, it is a layer of protection. Because we're, we, we have the TSA in place, we're screening every single customer that comes through the airport. It's the logical place uh, to add that step. Uh, and um, yes, I, I think that that's the right place to do that. It would certainly be the most efficient way to uh, address that. Is Southwest prepared to do temperature checks on its flyers if the TSA doesn't? You know, I think at this point we're, we're in a monitor and an adapt kind of a mode, so I wouldn't uh, discount anything. We just don't have a method uh, that's easy to do that until you get all the way to the airplane and that would be really inconvenient uh, obviously to have a customer go all that way and then discover uh, that they would be denied boarding but uh, I wouldn't disclose that idea again I think by far the best idea uh, and we're working with Airlines for America to uh, uh, urge the, the federal government to take up that task. And how do you enforce the mask wearing? I mean, we saw over the weekend a lot of people out across the country not wearing masks, even in, in cities where masks were encouraged. So how do you enforce mask wearing on a plane? Well, uh, when you get right down to it, a lot of uh, personal behaviors are voluntary. So uh, it's, uh, enforcement may be an issue. I think if we can tell people in advance uh, that they should expect that we're requiring them to wear a mask, uh, then I, I think the vast majority of people understand why and will we'll absolutely comply. Um, right now, the, the, the load factors uh, or the number of customers on the airplanes are very few. So I think all of us can use our common sense. And if the physical distance is such that it doesn't really demand a mask, uh, you know, we're, we, we don't want to be the police. We just want people to be respectful of others and certainly use their common sense and uh, you know, all work together to get through this pandemic. Gary, you, you talked about load factors there, and I wanted to ask you, is social distancing even possible on an airplane? I mean, you are choosing to, to fly in a, in a tube with other people. Uh, I mean, you can only get so far apart. Well, I, I think that's why the multi-layered approach is important. Uh, we'll have uh, wipes on the airplane that each customer can take to uh, wipe down their area. That's why I think requiring masks on the airplane are important because you won't necessarily all be six uh, feet apart. Uh, we have uh, HEPA quality air filtering systems on the airplane so the air uh, captures 99.97 percent of particles and pathogens uh, in the airplane. It's exhausted every uh, several minutes uh, uh, through the uh, uh, valves in the, uh, valve in the airplane. So um, it's a very clean environment. It's hospital quality like uh, air and cleaning supplies. So yes, I think that uh, based on the evidence so far, it's not like people have been getting sick from being on airplanes. But it's not, I mean, the airplane can be hospital grade cleaned until you put people on it who may or may not be healthy and that's where the risk comes in, right? It, it, it is and that, that's why I think leading up to that uh, wash your hands, don't come to the airport if you're sick, let's do temperature screening, let's uh, certainly do everything that we can to clean surfaces and just make it uh, as friendly an environment as possible. Uh, ultimately, obviously, the solution is to have testing, therapeutics, 
a vaccine, uh, and we'll get to that point, but until then, we need to be uh, extra cautious uh, with uh, these protocols. Would removing the middle seat make a difference? Would that be enough social distancing? Well, I don't think, we won't physically remove the middle seat. Uh, if I'm traveling with my grandchildren, I may want them to sit next to me in the middle seat. Uh, and other families, I would think, would, would, would feel the same way, or, or partners, spouses, uh, whatever. Uh, but uh, we will not book airplanes full uh, so that the middle seats at least uh, would be left open until we get comfortable that we can book more. But uh, we're not going to block the seat, we're not going to take the seats out, but we won't book uh, the, the number of passengers that would demand that we use the middle seats. As a carrier who's known for low fares, can you make money flying at a max two-thirds full? Uh, our break-even load factor was somewhere uh, in the 60 to 70 percent range, so uh, that'll be a target. Can we do that indefinitely? No. I don't think any of us in, in the world can, li can, can live like this permanently. Uh, but it helps to be a low-cost carrier because we can absorb some of these uh, impacts uh, and survive this. Uh, we've obviously got a very strong balance sheet and a low cost structure uh, and we'll need to continue to adapt and make adjustments uh, as time goes by. Um, you, you know, the other thing, we saw last week a couple of, uh, a couple of photos of flights that were 75% full or, or so go viral with people expressing real, almost outrage about a plane being that full. Three months ago, we wouldn't have looked at a 75% full plane as full, we would have called it wide open. Um, but you have to now convince people that that's okay. How do you do that? Well, first of all, it won't be 75% full uh, going forward, at least through the end of June. And uh, we'll, again, we'll have to just monitor and, and adjust as, as time goes by. But um, it's the approach that I described. We'll follow the CDC protocols. We'll have all these cleaning procedures in place. We'll have uh, face coverings uh, required for employees and uh, customers. We'll do uh, physical distancing and um, we'll just continue to evaluate um, customer feedback. The feedback that we're getting so far has been really good. We just revealed uh, all of this in the form of a Southwest Promise uh, on Friday, May the 1st, and uh, the reaction has been very positive. But you do, this is a new challenge for airlines. You know, for so long, it, we had gotten used to pretty full planes and a lot of people on a 737. And now the idea of being on a plane with 170, 130, 120 people is going to be an adjustment for folks again. And it, that, falls on there, you, that falls on you guys to it, convince us, doesn't it? Yeah. Well, and it's not just airlines. I think it's uh, restaurants, um, sporting events. Um, I think what we shouldn't do right now as a world is we shouldn't just extrapolate the current circumstances into perpetuity. Uh, we just, we, we need to get through this pandemic. We need people to get comfortable that uh, they can gather once again in the future. And that, that will be the case again, whether it's going to a college football game or whether it's getting on an airplane. Uh, but all those things have to be in place, I think, for the population to be comfortable 
and in the meantime, we'll have to take these extra precautions. Can Southwest get through this without more government assistance? I think so. Um, at the same time, I would be quick to add that I don't know uh, how long this is going to take. Uh, we have a very strong balance sheet. Uh, we have a ton of cash. Um, uh, you know, that's our other priority right now. And I'll just quote the, uh, the great coach uh, Vince Lombardi. So we, we didn't lose the ball game, we ran out of time. And the analogy for business here uh, is um, uh, we, did, we didn't lose the game, but we ran out of cash, but, but you did. It, it's game over if that happens. So you have to have cash and you have to make adjustments in a time like this um, to manage through any scenario. We've, we'll have a plan for the worst case scenario. We'll have a plan for something that is a more gradual recovery uh, and uh, we'll be ready uh, to react. But uh, people will fly. Uh, people in this environment will demand a low fare uh, that works well for us. I think business travel will be very slow to, to come back because we're in a recession and history shows that it generally takes about five years for business travel to recover. International uh, travel uh, I think is also going to be uh, depressed uh, and for a while. Uh, forevermore? No. I do think that things will get back to normal, but not until we defeat this pandemic and not until people are comfortable that uh, they can move about uh, as, they, as they could before. Southwest is very proud of the fact it has never had a layoff, it has never had a furlough. You right now are operating a much smaller footprint of your airline than you were just a few months ago. Given that you will likely be a smaller airline in October when the government payroll support runs out, are you able to avoid layoffs and furloughs? Great question, Chris. And obviously, the, the thing that I worry about the most right now, I, I want to make sure that we're taking care of our people, taking care of our customers. We're operating a safe airline. Those are always our top priority. But uh, managing uh, the business here is uh, also a huge uh, challenge. So I take great, great pride in the fact that we've never had a furlough. And this is an industry where all the major airlines that existed uh, a generation ago are either gone or have gone bankrupt, every one, and except for Southwest. So uh, we'll try very hard to avoid that. And um, right now, our flight activity is down. Last week, it was down 65 to 70 percent uh, compared to uh, normal. We've got 400 airplanes parked on the ground. Uh, yesterday, we had a 20 percent load factor, you know, so it's getting better. Uh, but um, uh, not covering our, our operating cost. So we'll just have to see how demand recovers, especially in the July-August time period. Uh, I don't think that if things are going poorly still then that it means that on October 1st we have to have furloughs. I don't believe that. But we can't operate uh, with near-empty airplanes indefinitely and uh, we're just going to have to adjust and adopt uh, based on the demand as it recovers. What we have going for us is very little debt coming into the crisis. We have uh, almost $15 billion in cash uh, available to us. Uh, in April, we, we burned about 900 million, so you can kind of do the math in your head 
uh, will will certainly make it well beyond the end of this year with what we have. Uh, but we don't want to squander what we have either. So uh, yeah, we'll have some hard choices to make if things don't improve. You know, and I think a lot of people have reacted to the assistance that airlines got through the CARES Act, uh, the payroll support and then the potential for 25 billion more in loans. Uh, calling it a bailout and asking, well, what was the point of this if in October the airline industry could substantially cut back? So for, for folks who are a little skeptical of the way the airline industry is operated with stock buybacks and dividends and you, certainly some of your competitors ca charging fees for, for everything imaginable, um, could, could you talk to the, the skeptics here that wonder if that was a good use of $50 billion of taxpayer dollars? Well, I, I will certainly try. And, and first of all, uh, you know, I, I personally am very humbled by the fact uh, that uh, we were able to get that kind of assistance. And it's not just the airlines. I think I'm grateful and we should all be grateful that we live in the USA uh, because the speed with which the federal government acted to put $2.3 trillion out into the economy is the only way that we will avoid uh, an outright depression here. Uh, is a very dire scenario. And I, I don't have to describe to you the job losses, the lockdown of the country. Uh, so the airlines were a component of that. Um, the grants that we got were simply flowing through to avoid having to furlough employees as many other businesses have already done. So the whole theory here is, of course, that that gets the industry through a really tough period in order to recover in the fall. Uh, and the rest of the industry felt like the only promise they could make is we can make this commitment through September, but who knows what's going to happen. Um, I understand the point that uh, you know if, if eventually companies are going to fail, then why would you prolong that? Um, the, the, the fact is back in April and March, no one knows or no one knew. Uh, so um, I think that's why it's incumbent upon us to do the best we can to save jobs, to continue to serve communities, which we have also promised to do. We haven't cut service to, uh, we haven't eliminated service to any of our service points uh, prior to this crisis. And, um, you know, wh where we go from here as a country to uh, avoid a depression, uh, it's going to take money to get through this. We will get through it. It's just a matter of how long it takes. Uh, but I applaud the efforts uh, to this point, and uh, it may not have been perfectly allocated, um, but the speed and the boldness of it, um, I think, was... Uh, something that was very impressive. Again, I'm very grateful to be, uh, you know, living in the USA where we have this kind of uh, uh, resources in our country to fight these kinds of battles. If October 1, you see airlines go into bankruptcy, you see furloughs, you see layoffs, was this a worthwhile investment? Well, people will fly, and people are flying today, and more people are flying today than we're flying in April. And it doesn't matter whether it's the Great Recession of over a decade ago or after 9-11 or the Great Depression. Um, 
there are winners and losers in every single uh, sector of the economy. So all we can do as a company is our duty, do the best we can to save Southwest Airlines. Uh, we'll do that by keeping our costs low, by offering great service, uh, and if there are some failures along the way here, th th that may be inevitable. Uh, but um, yes, it, it's worth it. It's worth it to do everything that we can to keep this country uh, alive and working uh, and, and fighting to get through this crisis. Uh, the, again, the only other option is to simply let uh, the United States of America go bankrupt and put everyone out of work. Uh, I think you'd have a depression for a decade. Uh, so we're just fortunate that we have the resources with the Treasury and with the Fed and the leadership that's been in place, both sides of the aisle, uh, to do everything that we can to prevent this. Would it surprise you to see some of your competitors go into bankruptcy or fail? Well, we've had a history of failures in this industry, you know, dating back to the Wright brothers. Uh, so no, it wouldn't be shocking. This is the worst scenario that we have ever seen, um, certainly in the last 50 years. Nothing, nothing like this since the Depression. So I think you have to assume that there are going to be some failures uh, in business across the country. I don't think anybody would be shocked by that. And certainly if you have to fly airplanes at two-thirds full, uh, that's going to raise the cost of flying if you were going to stay in business. It, uh, so there's what it costs, uh, is what we charge, and then there's what it costs us. Um, right now we have to assume that there are cost pressures. Uh, one thing that we haven't talked about is some of the cost offsets. Fuel prices are extraordinarily low. And while that's harmful to some, it's really helpful to consumers like transportation companies. Uh, we've cut our spending this year uh, by over six billion dollars, including a couple of billion dollars from fuel, lower fuel prices, as well as burning less fuel. So we'll just have to adopt, we'll have to adjust, we'll have to be very innovative in looking for ways where we get our cost down uh, to, uh, to live in this new environment uh, for as long as it lasts. Uh, but, um, I would be happy right now with a 66% load factor, believe me, because uh, we're a long way from that. The good news is we're making progress. Uh, the good news is that people want to fly. Uh, consumers in recessions historically will fly. They just uh, are looking for a good deal and they spend less. And that's where we want them to come to good old Southwest Airlines. Do you have a sense for what the new normal of flying will be during this pandemic? What either has changed or what needs to continue changing? Well, we just need to make sure as uh, an operator that we don't take our eye off the ball and get distracted. We need to uh, operate a great airline. We need to offer great customer service, uh, obviously, all of these health concerns have really come to the forefront. We're addressing those as we've discussed, so that will be a different experience uh, for as long as it's necessary. Uh, but otherwise, you should expect great service from Southwest Airlines, no fees, uh, and um, 
hopefully we'll have plenty of flights to the places that people want to go uh, so they can do what's important uh, in their lives in, in terms of their travel needs. You have not been a big believer in what's happening right now will, will necessarily completely fundamentally change the way people fly forever. Um, you, you've said, as I've heard you talk about, you know, there'll be changes during the pandemic, but the core of the business and people's desire to travel, that isn't going to change once therapeutics and vaccines are, are in place. Do you, so is, is the new normal uh, a temporary normal? It is temporary. And I think the thing that um, I'm, I'm not so bold to predict is how long uh, is temporary. But, uh, you know, I've been in the business almost 35 years, uh, including 9-11. 9-11, people said the th same thing, said, well, pe people will never travel again. And that was, that was obviously wrong. So we, y y you go back to the Spanish flu of 1918, and it was followed by uh, the Roaring Twenties. So this too shall pass. Uh, we just need to get through it, uh, and we need to get through it uh, with resolve and resilience uh, and, and just make sure that we don't lose more than we have to uh, in a really difficult situation like this. We're just going to have to be strong and fight our way through these things. And I do think that it means that we'll have to make sacrifices. Uh, we're not going to be as prosperous uh, during a time like this. I think we've avoided a depression but we are in a recession, and that just means that most people will earn less. Um, and I think that that just puts things in perspective that uh, it's just not the other guy uh, who is suffering. I think we all need to share in the sacrifice here. And uh, yeah, at some point, uh, the pandemic, hopefully this is a once in a century kind of a pandemic, and it will get behind us with all the innovation and smart people and science that we have. We put a man on the moon, for goodness sakes, 50 years ago. We can absolutely uh, defeat this, and we will, and things will, will get back to normal. Do you feel like the worst is behind you, at least based on what you're seeing with advanced bookings now? I, I don't... Uh, I don't feel comfortable in making that prediction. Uh, I, I am worried that uh, unless we get on top of the testing and the therapeutics, uh, that uh, this could flare up again uh, in the fall. Uh, you know, I'm not a health uh, care expert. Um, we, we rely on uh, UT Southwestern at Southwest Airlines for our, our, our uh, company advice. And there are plenty of health experts out there warning uh, that this may not be the worst of it. I think we've got to heed that advice. But at least based on what we're seeing right now, and we're living day to day, but based on what we're seeing right now, the traffic uh, in the last week of April was twice what it was uh, compared to the first week of April. So we're making some progress, and uh, we have some pretty decent bookings in place for travel in July. What I don't know is whether those uh, bookings will get canceled, you know, like what we saw in March, April, uh, and are seeing here in May. But things are getting better. Um, it's just very gradual and very, very modest. Should, should airlines be thinking about giving passengers rapid COVID tests before they get on the plane? 
I, you know, I, I think some of this just depends on how long this lasts. Um, I think at least most of my peers across corporate America uh, are starting with the question of do, do we administer tests for our own employees first? Um, but I don't think that that's a radical thought. I, I think the challenge becomes uh, how do you actually enact it? How do you deploy it? Uh, is, is it really practical to do? So all those things are being explored and I would very much be open uh, to that consideration. It certainly would be a change to the amount of time people spend at an airport if they're waiting for the COVID test, getting their temperature checked at TSA, going through security, changes to boarding practices it is going to be very different for a while, potentially. The temperature check, but the temperature check is, can be done, well, you know, people queue today. And while they're queued, they could, you know, I can do my own temperature check and it takes seconds. So th that, that's, not a, that's not a time consumer at all. And I think the implication of a COVID-19 test would, would be, it has to be something that's practical, meaning it has to be pretty rapid. Um, and I'm not enough of an expert. There's just all kinds of information and dis disinformation out there on testing. So all that I think is worthwhile exploring um, and I would certainly be open to that if it, again, if it's uh, pragmatic and, uh, and accurate. Southwest, among other airlines, has been criticized uh, for offering flight credits, not refunds to customers. And I believe, in fact, you're one of the airlines that's been sued over this, um, so that may, may inhibit your ability to answer this, but why not just give people refunds when their flights have been canceled? Well, when, when their flights are canceled, they, they, they can uh, appeal for a refund. Um, Should they have to appeal, though? I mean, shouldn't they just get the refund? It's, 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 a, it's a simple request. I think mo the vast majority of our customers prefer to leave the flight credits in place. Uh, but we have a contract of carriage. We have refundable fares. We have non-refundable fares. Uh, everything that we do is in accordance with DOT regulations. It's kind of like the, the movie It's a Wonderful Life where there's a run on the bank. All, all that money is invested in the airline. So it's not, not just sitting there in, in the bank. You know, we've gotten complaints that, well, you've gotten this money from the government, but that's all earmarked to pay employees and promise not to furlough. So um, what, we've, what we've done is we have been very lenient uh, in terms of the flight credits. We've extended those uh, all the way through Labor Day of 2022 uh, and we just want to do everything that we can to encourage people to fly and, and to fly with Southwest Airlines. But bottom line, if I'm a Southwest customer and I decide I don't want to fly, can I get a refund? Uh, if we cancel your flight, then absolutely you are eligible for a refund. If you purchased a refundable fare, uh, then uh, according to the terms of your contract to carriage, absolutely you can get a refund. If you have a non-refundable fare, that was the deal. That was the contract, and that's that. That enabled us to offer that low fare, knowing that you're not going to lose the money, uh, but you can you can reuse it at a at a future point. And I, that, that's that's the way it works, and I, our customers well understand that. Right. And Gary, the last thing I have here is, you know, you've got the country right now in in sort of a weird phase of reopening, where some states have started to reopen, some states are really reopening. Others are still 
pretty much locked down. So there are some people that are going to see this and say, it just feels too soon to travel. Who should be traveling right now? Well, I think that's part of the challenges right now with travel is, um, okay, I want to go somewhere. Well, what can I do when I get there? If museums are closed and, and theme parks and there are no sporting events, uh, restaurants uh, are limited and, and on and on and on. So that is the current reality. Certainly it has been since March and April. It will be for May. And then I think we'll gradually see uh, things open up. Um, I think the American people are smart and I think they'll use their common sense uh, to, um, to make good judgments about what works for them. Um, I, I, think it, I, I think it would be a mistake to, to assume that everything is fixed and that we're back to normal. So the phased approach that the federal government has proposed makes sense to me. Uh, I think you will find uh, cities and states that move too fast. You've got, you're going to have some that move too slow. I think we all just need to extend a little grace here and understand that, wow, we've never seen anything like this before. And uh, we may have to experiment a little bit. Our approach is to be cautious. We, we'll do physical distancing. We'll ensure that uh, as best we can that people are healthy. Uh, we'll put up uh, contact barriers, uh, we'll deep clean, we'll, we'll require masks. All of those things I think and we think are very important uh, in the current environment. And those should be, I think, very effective in making it a healthy uh, travel, uh, travel experience. Gary Kelly, CEO of Southwest Airlines, thank you so much, sir. Appreciate it. Thanks, Chris. Always a pleasure. Thank you for listening to the CBS This Morning podcast. Be sure to subscribe to get daily podcast originals. You can watch the CBS This Morning broadcast Monday through Saturday from 7 a.m. to 9 a.m. on your local CBS station or live on the CBS All Access app. Hey, Prime members, you can listen to CBS Mornings on the go ad free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today. Or you can listen ad-free with Wondery Plus in Apple Podcasts. Before you go, tell us about yourself by completing a short survey at Wondery.com survey. Many put their hope in Dr. Serhat. His company was worth half a billion dollars. His research promised groundbreaking treatments for HIV and cancer. Scientists, doctors, renowned experts were saying, genius, genius, genius. People that knew him were convinced that he saved their life. But the brilliant doctor was hiding a secret. Do not cross this line. That was being messaged to us. Do not cross this line. A secret the doctor was desperate to keep. This was a person who was willing to cold-heartedly just lie to people's faces. We're dealing with an international fugitive. From Wondery, the makers of Over My Dead Body and The Shrink Next Door comes a new season of Dr. Death. Bad Magic. You can listen to Dr. Death Bad Magic ad-free by subscribing to Wondery Plus in the Wondery app or on Apple Podcasts. 
Get one of the most successful broadcasts in television history on your schedule with the 60 Minutes podcast. Hard-hitting investigative reports, news, and culture maker interviews, and in-depth profiles are waiting for you in every episode. Listen to 60 Minutes ad-free on Wondery Plus.